You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. start uh, by singing one of the Rebbe's Nigunim. Um, apparently he was a Balmanagim with a lot of Nigunim, and I only know one of them. So I'm just going to know. The words are from Tehillim. Horeni Hashem Darkecha. Yeah? Ahalech Vamitecha. Yachid Vavi Virat Shmecha. I mean, show me Hashem. What does it mean, Yiska? Your way. Your way? Tell us the Pasuk. I'll walk in your truth. Make my heart one. So three remain. So I have all of you now. on the Rebbe's Hashkata, his kind of silencing meditation teaching he gave over to some of his Talmudim, says at the end of that teaching that the Rebbe said when he come out of that meditation, he would sing his Horeni Hashem Dakecha Nidon Hayadua. That's one of the other. Um, and I've actually, over time, seen that that Pasuk is a Pasuk the Rebbe brings up a lot. Maybe we'll see a piece uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, 
Today, I want to go a little bit deeper into something that we touched on a week or two ago, where the Rebbe talked to us about the power of saying Ata, the ability to address our, our Creator, address the Rebbe Torah as you, in the most simple, direct, immediate way. Uh, the piece that we saw then was really talking about how to serve God through being fully in the experience of everything. And feeling what it, what it, what it feels like to say you. What it actually feels like to just stand there and say Baruch And you don't need to be a Tamil to do that. And you don't need to be a Mikubal to do that. What you need is to focus your attention inward. And what you need is to stay with, with that feeling and expand it and deepen it and stand with Hashem. So with that in mind, I want us to look at two pieces where the Rebbe takes that idea and, and fleshes it out more specifically. Okay? Um, the first one we're going to look at is from Tzavazirus, which is the Rebbe's journal. The spiritual journal that he wrote for us to read. It's uh, at the bottom of this page, Pisiud Gimel 13. And while you're at it, maybe just take a page, a page here that we'll look at next in this page. Take, take one, it's one page, three sided, just take one page. So Certainly you've heard or you've seen in holy books about the existence of God. Divine existence. You've read about, about God. You've read works of theology. Those books that were written for people of weak faith. We have to be ready for the Rebbe to give us Mosul a little bit also. Okay? We can't only take in the sweet things, we need to take in the, the cutting direction. So I'm sure he says, yeah, I'm sure you've read those books that were written for people who, who, whose faith is weak. The books about God and theology. They bring all these proofs primarily from things of the world. Briato, creation. Chokhmato, v'yechoto, the Wisdom that God shows through creation. What did he call that? Intelligent design? Is that the English word for that? The amazing capabilities that we see of God through creation. And is it true that for you, you need proofs of the world also? That's what's necessary for you? You need, you need someone to prove God to you? the world it's just nice to have somebody side you know can't you hear and can't you see right he opened you've heard or you've seen these books can't you hear or see 
How certain and absolutely certain your nefesh, your soul is, when it beholds God, that your nefesh sees Hashem, your soul sees Hashem, and speaks directly in the present form to God. Ata Hashem, Ata Hashem. Can't you hear that and see that? You need to read National Geographic or the Jewish version to know that there's a God. Whether your soul is praying, whether your soul is simply longing. Your soul truly sees God before its very eyes. When your soul calls out from its pain, I will not fear evil because you are with me. It's as if your soul is grabbing on to Hashem's throne. And the soul receives healing from that calling out to God. Because the soul is grabbing onto that in that moment. And when the soul is longing and pouring itself out before God, please, Hashem, bring me close to you. And this word batel, I hate translating it the way it's translated. I erase myself and my my mahut within you. We talked last time of Bitol as being transparency to your source. Make my whole self absolutely transparent and dissolved within me. Because my longing for you is great. Very simply, the Rebbe is saying, your soul knows God, your soul sees God, your soul attaches itself to God, talks to God. Can you listen to that? Can you pay attention to that? Can you notice that? And I would say even more, can you appreciate that that's important? Meaning, can you can you give credence to what's happening inside of you? Can you believe in what you feel and trust what you know on inside of yourself? Can you look there? So why then do you need? Proofs from outside of yourself on the existence of God. If your soul is so absolutely certain, and it beholds God. Shlomo Melech calls out, he called out, cried out. The Rebbe now brings two different psukim in Tarona, which literally means uh, let wisdom be celebrated outside. And another puzzle, Whoever is a fool, 
Let them turn and come here. Whoever is lacking a heart, speak to them. So there he puts these two psukim together. The wisdom being celebrated outside and someone who's foolish or missing their heart to come and, and be, be addressed. Rabbi says, somebody who needs that external wisdom, that external knowledge, to bring proofs from outside of themselves, from the world, from all sorts of other things, is a fool without a heart. Is missing their heart. I didn't say this without a heart. I mean, without a heart. It's, they're, missing, they're foolish and they're missing their heart. If that person had a heart, all of it, all of this, all of those proofs, anything you need to let you know that there's a God, they would know it from their, a person can know that from their own heart and, and see it from their own heart. And would not need all this wisdom from outside of, of our own heart. What do you say? Guilty. Guilty as charged? Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. We're very much um, acclimated to to basically make sense of everything in our lives about the phenomenon that's happening outside of us. I'll give you an example that Rebbe talks about even with the use of senses. I may have talked about this in, in a previous class. The Rebbe talks about you know, everything that we feel and experience is a gilui hanefesh. Our, our soul is being uncovered. Things that, from the world, things that touch us, it's, it's the soul that's, that's peeking its head out, that's showing itself to us. But that's not what, what we see usually. So, for example, I hear a bird chirping outside. I hear the heater blowing. So what I just said is how I experienced that. I heard that. That's making a noise. And I heard that noise. What the Rebbe talks about is that the hearing ability of our soul is being aroused when we encounter sound. So every single encounter, every even a sensory experience, I can either define it as something that's happening outside of me, there's a sound out there. Or I can shift the focus to oh, there's something emerging within. There's something, some new experience that's opening within. My soul is active. Can I attach myself to what's active inside of me instead of just externalizing all of my experiences? I mean, even scientifically, like 
this what we talked about there. Right? The sound is not there. Well, the sound is only a sound because look at what's going on in my whole system. Now, you know about sound. I don't really know about sound. So, so, so when it comes to the basic knowing that there's a God, in a sense, what I hear everybody saying here is, if you know that there is a God, it's not enough. It's not actually knowing that there's a God. Knowing God from within yourself is where it's real. Knowing that there is a God as a conceptual thing is a conceptual thing. And it's written in all those pretty books on the shelf. And all of those maybe other people who might really get that or believe that or experience that, it's outside. We're, we're on, on What's important to, to most people and, and most of the time, and we're, this is just the way that we're like trained, our culture, our society, religious, not religious, the whole world. What's important is those other things, not silly little me and the things that I think or feel. I don't like, when are we even taught to know how to feel what we're feeling? We give it importance a lot of times to focus on rationale. I mean, yeah, to focus on rationality. Things like what you feel just get sort of stamped down. That's that's unimportant. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not really what really is real is what I can what I can explain. Right. We're taught to deny our own experience. We're taught to overlook it. To to basically push it away. Because what's important is, can I, do I have something to show for myself? Do I, I, have, do I have something? Yeah, can I, can I prove something to you? Can I explain something to you? Can I show something to you? Nature. I don't know. I don't know these things. I don't know these things. But that itself is an example of what we're what we're used to believing. Well, the soul is logical. The soul is like a great mathematician. So when it comes to God, you can also do all the all the math. But it could add up here, and it could like really not add up here, you know. And and having the concepts all line up doesn't necessarily bring you closer to your source. It doesn't necessarily let you know God. It it seems okay. So like I should say, it sounds a lot like the Rav Mm-hmm. I think there is an idea of both. My nefesh, I feel like, in a way, does enjoy reading books about creation and understanding God in that way. But I, 
I wouldn't, and it, it even I would say gives me some type of hikalu kanefesh in a way. Not not saying that I, it maybe I to me maybe that it's just my own curiosity, my own desire just to to explore these things and to to try and understand it from the Jewish context. I mean, could there be both in a way? Like if I if I just let it stay there but be empty inside of it, maybe then that's the problem. I think what what in a in a in a certain way part of what the Rebbe is getting at here is like where is this. Where's the starting point? Where does my Yiddishkeit start? Where does my faith start? So the degree to which it starts by other people telling me things, like me and God are missing each other. Where would Chasar live? My heart is somewhere else. Everything I know about my Creator is some someone else's knowledge that they're telling me. It's, it's not so simple. It's not so simple. We don't have good training in this. We don't have good teachers for this most of the time. But how many Rebbe's are there who are saying this? You know, who are saying to the Talmudim, I'm not going to tell you who God is. I'm going to tell you that you know who God is. If you pay attention. I can't help but think... Uh... Sometimes people ask questions and they show me, prove it to me. Mm-hmm. That, that anything worth knowing can be shown or demonstrated like that. Mm-hmm. I often say, how do you keep familiar like you love your wife? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you come up with all sorts of lists of reasons, mm-hmm. you know, describe characteristics or qualities that you appreciate. But how do you know your wife loves you? Strangely, it's mm-hmm. like not there. Mm-hmm. Anybody who thinks that they can reduce not how they can know it, know it more fundamentally than what they know by just sitting on a chair or mm. resting a book on a table, mm. it's, it's a, it doesn't function that way. That kind of knowledge doesn't function that way. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get to a knowledge, if, you know, what we call knowledge of the Almighty in a similar way, but it's not, if you're simply listing things off, checking boxes on a piece of paper, you might be talking around the issue, but you haven't, you haven't, you haven't struck the, mm-hmm. struck the chord. That doesn't seem to me mm-hmm. that this is helping. Mm-hmm. But I think there's another thing to just also z- zero in on here, which is, you know, it could just be another theology book that says, oh, you have a soul, and you also know God, and I'll prove it to you. It can just be another idea. But the Rebbe's trying to give us just examples. Like, do you ever feel anything when you say the words, Do you ever sit there at this and like really sing? And you're not thinking about, is anyone looking at me? And you're not thinking about why I should care? Okay. Just hold hold on to that. Let that, let that mean something. Let that be something. You ever stop and say Baruch Hatashem? You ever say say something with Kavana? You ever dance in front Torah and like you're not thinking about why you're happy? Something that that that, that I see throughout the Rebbe's writings is that to me is just such a, a, a comfort and a chama is like pay attention to the things that we we tend to disregard because that's where the real action is. Like it's not necessarily 
where we're told to look. And those things that might just be something that I, myself, why should I just meet with it? Because that's, that's, that's where you encounter God. That's where you encounter God. And not only is that a nice thing, but that's, that's where all of your Torah is going to happen. That's where all of your Yiddishkeit is focused. The center of God in your world is there. Not on the bookshelf. And not in somebody else's shear. That's where it is. I want us to get to this piece in the Ishkodesh because it's a lot more ex- expanded. I also just want to share something that has been on my mind that's not from this book. I just, I've been paying attention this year to uh, the dialogue between the Avot and Hashem and the Parsha. What do, when it comes to when you cut down the Pesukim, what the Avot actually say to God? What does they have to say? What does that look like? And what I found is that Yitzchak Avinu never says a word to God. Avram has a bunch of things to say. Yaakov has a bunch of things to say. Yitzchak doesn't ever say anything. There's a point where by Yikrab Hashem Hashem, he builds a Mizbech and he calls in the name of God. There's a place where he, by Ya'ater Hashem, that he's digging to God, facing his wife. But there's no dialogue. There's no, like, script there. There's no line that Yitzchak ever says. I think I spoke about this a few weeks ago, of, of Yitzchak being sort of 180 degrees of Abraham, where Abraham's whole thing is, I'm going out, I'm telling the world there's a God, and Yitzchak's whole thing is, I'm alive. And that's where I know that there's a God. Because God gave me to my parents at, you know, 90 years old, 100 years old, because I was on the, I was on top of the mountain and I was underneath a knife, and, and, and I'm here because God decided to give me life. And it's like, I don't even need to go outside. I don't go outside myself to meet God. I go inward. I go to enter the conversation where it's happening already, where the roots are, where things are growing and emerging out from the earth. I'm going to become part of that. I'm going to, you know, a, a, a siach. A siach is a, is a bush. I like to think of that passage that Yitzhak went out to be a bush in the field. That was his prayer. I'm going to go become a bush in the field. And and there's one passage that I, I just was thinking about on the way over here, which is that Yitzchak goes to Abimelech, uh, king of Gerar, and has a similar story to Abraham. He says, oh, Rivka, she's my sister. And then the pastor says, see, with Abraham and Sarah, Abimelech had this dream, and God said, and there was a plague, and God said, don't touch that woman. It was like a whole thing. With Yitzchak and Rivka, it says Abimelech looks out the window, and he sees Yitzchak mitzachek at Rivka Ishta. Yitzchak mitzachek. So mitzachek, what Chachamim say is, is a lashon of, of being intimate with her, being playful. 
but it's it's not a stam word. It's not a generic word. Yitzchak mitzachel. It's the it's just the verb form of Yitzchak's own name. He was being himself. Yitzchak was being himself with Rivka. Meaning that ability to have an intimate sharing of self with another person, with an other in relationship. Right? Being a relational being is what Yitzchak is what's his avoda. This is a word. There's so much more to say about that. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to give a partial shiur, especially not about three weeks ago. But I just like share with you part of where where what, what I see happening there. He doesn't need to proclaim anything about his relationship to his wife, and he doesn't need to proclaim anything about his relationship to his God. He's oriented towards uncovering himself in relationship, and that is really where what, what the Rebbe is. Is this. Where are you going to meet God? Not by looking at all the books about God. Not by looking everywhere in the world and but by uncovering what's inside of you. So with that, let's go into the next piece. Um, this is on from Sefer Ish Kodesh, Pasha Kitetse, um, Tafshin, which is probably 1940. Depends on the month. Yeah, it should be nineteen forty. So I don't know if you have the the pasuk that it opens with in your yeah okay. It says the the, the parsha opens ki teitzela milchama aloivecha unetano Hashem lokecha beyadecha veshavita shivyo. When you go out to battle with your enemy, and God gives the enemy into your hands in battle in war, veshavita shivyo, and you take something captive from the enemy. Okay, that's the pasuk. The Rebbe says, The Magid Mesrich teaches, Al pasuk. This is a pasuk which uh, Tehillim is, is uh, generally understood to be talking about Abraham Avinu, that whole Tehillim. And the Pasuk says, God took an oath and he will not relent on this oath. You, Abraham, are forever God's priest. Because of the whole matter of Melchizedek. Don't worry about what any of that means. I'm just going to do it. The Magid has a drasha on it. Okay? The Magid says, looks at these words, Ata Kohen. Ata Kohen. Kohen, Kohen is aligned with the sphere of Chesed. It's the energy of Chesed. Kohen Levi Israel, Chesed Vortifo. It's bestowing kindness, it's giving. Okay? So Kohen is Bechinat Chesed. Ata, you, right? Ata Kohen. The fact that a member of our nation can say to God, Baruch Atah, this is Chesed, this is an act of Chesed. The ability to say Atah comes from God's kindness to us. 
That's a gift. In allowing us to address God as a pa, that is a gift. That's chesed in Hashem. That's a gift. Ki the word ata, to address somebody as you in the second person, it's in the present. Who, to address somebody as he or she, it's distant. It's the star. It's not here in front of me. I'm talking about somebody else in some other realm. When the people, Chachamim, who established our prayers and our blessing, Decided that the way you say a bracha is Baruch Ata Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam. That when we are about to say all all the standard names of God, we start by saying You Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam. You Betach Poalim B'Divurim Elu La'asotit Galut Elokit Adriyeh Hashem Lenochach Lano Mamash. For sure. It's because in these words, we are causing a godly revelation to occur to the point where we can actually tell, tell God, you. We can actually say to God, you. So listen to what he's saying. He's saying it's not just a formula. When the Chachamim established that this is how we pray, it's because they, they know and believe that when we say these words, we're truly addressing God before us. We're, we're, we're participating in a moment of revelation. By saying these words, we're drawing God's presence to us. To the point where Hashem is going to be truly there with us. We can honestly say, right? We don't play around with brachas. Right? What's a bracha levatala? What do you think a bracha levatala is? Right, a blessing said in vain. What's what's an example? So that's by saying God's name, but it is particularly with bracha, it's an unnecessary bracha. That's usually what a bracha levatala is. Yes, that's one of the asserts that you get, and it's related. But when we talk about specifically bracha, it usually is. Well, I'm, I'm eating a pear, and now I'm eating an apple. So when I said, and I ate the pear, and then I move over to my, next to me, and I pick up the apple, I don't make another bracha. It's a bracha levatala. It's a wasted bracha. It's unnecessary. But the Rebbe is saying, really what a bracha levatala is? It would be a bracha levatala if you made a bracha and God wasn't really there. That's a bracha levatala. You're saying God's name and God's not in front of you. And you say, it's impossible to think that the Chachamim would have us be going around making brachas if God isn't really there. If we're not drawing God's presence to us when we say those words. But before I get to the apple, I'm making a bracha on, on Atah Hashem I'm, I'm addressing God in my presence. I'm saying the words that I'm saying are allowing that to happen. And this is connected to what it says in, in our holy books. Just like Tfila needs Torah. 
כמו שאמר הפסוק, מסיר אוזנו משמוע תורה גם תפילתו תאווה. It says initially, if you turn your ear away from listening to Torah, I don't want to hear any Torah. Mishlei says your tefillah is also disgusting. If you don't want to allow the Torah to talk to you, you can't talk to God. You can't turn your turn your turn a blind ear to Torah and then and then then speak to God. So that's tefillah needs Torah, right? We we need a bit of an understanding, a context, uh, some guidance. We need to hear what God has to say so we can talk to God as well. But not only that. The Torah also needs a tefillah. It's not just that I need the Torah to pray. The Torah needs my prayers too. So I'm going to explain this just by what he says in the next paragraphs, okay? It can be understood according to what what we said above. We make a bracha before we learn Torah or every morning. Blessed are you, Hashem. Who teaches Torah to your nation, Israel. That bracha, we're talking about the whole nation. God, you teach, you give Torah to all of, all of Israel. Aval shilamad gam in koish prati. So for God to speak with you individually, not just teaching Torah to the whole nation, not just Amo Yisrael, but to teach and learn with each and every individual and to speak to each and every one, every person needs to make that happen themselves. Meaning, we need Torah to daven. What does it mean that the Torah needs our prayers? The Torah that God has to teach me individually, I need to do something for that to, to come out. I need to do something for that to come down. It's not just there in the book. I need to bring that out. I need to receive it. Okay? He's going to go on in this concept. It says at the beginning of Parsha Vayikra, Vayikra Moshe, Vayidaber Hashem Elav Me'odil Mo'ed Limor. And the Yikras has no subject here, just calls to Moshe. And Hashem speaks to him, from the meeting tent, from Olam Oed, saying, So Rashi on that Pasuk says, What is the voice that Moshe is hearing? Kol lo. It's a voice to him, to Moshe. Kol elav. A voice specifically to him. Moshe shama v'chol Yisrael lo shamu. Moshe is hearing the voice. What does it mean God is calling out to Moshe from Olam Oed? You think everybody could... If God's calling from Olam Oed, can't everybody hear it? Right? Rashi says it's the same voice that spoke at Har Sinai. Why isn't everybody hearing it? But Yikra'al Moshe, it's speaking directly to Moshe from Olam Oed. V'chol Yisrael lo shamu. It wasn't a national conversation. It wasn't Hamlamet to Rabbi Amor Yisrael. What was Moshe hearing? Moshe hears the voice of God that's speaking to him. The, the kol lo, the kol elav. He's 
he's hearing the way that God talks to him individually. He's not only hearing the, the Torah that God's revealing to the whole people. Gambi yichud v'pratiyut elav, individually, privately. V'chol Yisrael afsha Hashem lamedi mahem, even though God is actually teaching the whole nation as well, Torah comes from God to us. Eno lo v'elav v'pratiyut. It's not on the level of kol lo kol elav, of the voice to that individual person. Of what is God saying to you and to you? That wasn't the level that everybody else was at, so Moshe was the one who heard that voice. God is teaching his nation. The entire people. Each person needs to make it happen needs to do the work such that God will speak directly to you privately. Which which means no one else would hear it. Which means we all need to access whatever was that Moshe But it's not just to say you got to be Zohar. We oftentimes say Zohar and that's like, okay, you either get it or you don't. Mazel. Here he's saying, we've all of it. You got to make it work. You got to make it happen. It's not going to happen otherwise. There's a pu'ula here. There's something active, active that's being demanded of us to make that happen. We all need to do to our degree what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing. To hear the kol lo, kol elav. Well, how do you do that? Say with the same Hashem word. Sees sincere desire. That's when the world will open it up the door for us to come in. Mm-hmm. When we open it up that door, a hundred fold. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's so funny you should say that, Rachel. That, that point is actually, I think, really makes a comment on Hamidim discussing the word of Torah and prayer. Yeah. And the longing that we're supposed to envision, that desire, that piercing for desire, is, I think the Rebbe says, looking up at the sky, imagining mm-hmm. the blue of the sky is the veil in front of Yaf Hashem's mm-hmm. eyes, looking back longingly at wow. us. And that was the meditation that, when I read it, I just, mm-hmm. that was, that was the meditation, like, soul. You got your soul. <laughs> and that's the Atta is that feeling that we're bringing down into ourselves and giving back to Hashem in, in, in the love and passion. So, I think what you're saying is is definitely a strong avenue. <laughs> the Rebbe has a specific teaching that he's gonna he's gonna bring here. Ech polim zot, Right before he's saying the Torah needs our tefillah. The Torah needs our tefillah for the portion of Torah that belongs to each one of us to come into the world. Shomer ata. When each one of us davens from the place of Atta, when we say you. And we create, we bring about a divine revelation. We bring about God's presence right there with us. We, it's, it's a halacha. 
It's a lecha. Then what? Yeah, because it's right there. Because it's right there. It's not who. It's not names. It's not. There's no name here. It, there's a halacha. Why? You know, you can't. Why can't you stand in front of someone when they're davening? Because the shechina is there. It's, it's, the halacha is that you can't. Somebody's davening right in front of them is the shechina. You can't. You can't step there. You have to give cover to the shechina. The place where somebody davens is gives presence to God. You give God presence when you daven. Like just strip away everything we know about, like all the words we have to say and all the things that, like what, like what if when we, when we approach davening, we approach prayer, we approach saying the bracha. We just have the simple kavana there to begin with of I'm giving presence to God right now. I'm opening to, to God's presence. Like that's that's the starting point. So he's saying, what happens when we can when we can do this? So God is going to be there to talk to you too. When we're addressing God truly as Ata, so God is going to give us Torah as Ata also. When we when we can really speak to you. We're gonna. God's gonna say you back. And from us to God, it's called tefillah. From God to us, it's Torah. When I really, right, when I really can 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 give presence to God, God is God is gonna be there to talk to me where I am. So that's. It's just, I'm creating a space of togetherness. I'm creating a space of togetherness with my Creator. So that's where I, that's where I can hear God. That's if I'm just opening Sfarim, if I'm just going around listening to people teach me Torah, like I, I might or might not hear it. It's really interesting that we're asking from Torah too. And in that place, each person, each individual can see and have a comprehension of the chelek of Torah, the piece of Torah, the portion of Torah that Hashem is speaking to you and teaching you that nobody else has a comprehension of. Nobody else chops that. You're the only one who, who, who gets that Torah. That's your Torah. And the person next to you is receiving their Torah. Each person, when they touch that place of really being with God, like they receive their individual Torah. It's 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 your own house, you know. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, I actually have a name for it for you. But am I willing to say it for myself? Because you're saying you do teaching for a translation of the Bible. That's what you're saying. So, but you learn from people and you learn mm-hmm. from books, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how? It's a great question. How does that work? Am I le- also learning from God when I'm learning so from people? It's a great question. He's not addressing that right here. Um, the truth is, I think the first piece that we learned together from the Achimelech Shmuel, I think we were in Um I don't know if we were here for that or not. We can. We can. <laughs> is it happening by default? I wouldn't go. Based on what I've learned from the Rebbe so far, I would say no, none of it is automatic. The the to really for for you to learn from Hashem, for me to learn from Hashem, it requires something intimate and internal to be taking place. That can happen when I'm with other people. That can happen when I'm learning together with other people. That can happen when I'm listening to somebody. That can happen when I'm having a conversation with somebody. But it's up to what's it's going to be determined by what's going on inside of me, not by what's going on in the room necessarily. Does that answer you? Yeah. This is the Mor of Hashemesh is the namesake of the Rebbe. He's named after his, his ancestor, the Mor of Hashemesh, who was Rav Kalon and his Kalmish, who was a student of Rebbe Lamelech Mirajant. So it says in the Mor of Hashemesh, it's a beautiful Torah, Al Sod Hashem Yiriyev. It says in Tehillim that God's secret is to those who fear God. Sod Hashem Yiriyev. Now the Mar of Hashemish says what that means is lowly muda kabbalah sod. A secret is not just about learning Kabbalah. Since it's written books and you can learn it, it's not a secret. A secret. Even more so, right? You can get pamphlets in the shuk about it. But it's not a secret. You can read, you can open a book and read it. Rather, a asaga, some kind of impression, grasping, in, comprehension of 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 God. That each person in themselves is able to come to that nobody else has that same asaga, that same. It's just a hard word to translate. Grasping, but it's the grasping is it's it's the literal translation, but it's. You know, you know, you, you know what I mean. Asaga. <laughs> Not copying. The chap. Right, but but we're not talking about what I don't like about all those words is that they 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 see they sound like you're confining something in people. Oh, now I've I, what do we even say? I got it. I got it. I got it. Right, you don't got it. You've received something. What you've received that 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 you have received. Not no one else has received. Okay, that. The, the part of you that knows God in the way that only you know God. What each person in their own being understands of God that they can't give words to to explain to another person to understand, that's what a, that's what a soul is. That's the secret. That was soul Hashem. That's what it means to know soul Hashem. Is what God says to you in the most intimate, private way that like you don't even have words for. This knowing 
this sod is something that we can receive through prayer. When we can bring about this meeting where we can stand present before God and speak to God truly and address God as Ata right before us, so then God is also speaking to you individually, as he said above. In order for our words to bring about of presence of Ata, to bring about a revelation of God of presence, of direct communication, the person who's praying needs to be themselves revealed and uncovered in their prayer. It's not enough to just like turn off your phone or just put it on silent. You don't turn it off, right? Just put on silent. Okay, Baruch Hashem. That's not revelation. Saying the word, it's not a soda machine, you know. You don't just like say the magic word. But our avoda here is to uncover ourselves through our prayer, to bring ourselves out. Gilui, what's the word? The person, the self, needs to come out, needs to be revealed. To be talking here and for your yourself to be elsewhere. That's a really, in the simplest way, how do you get to be in God's presence? You have to be present there. You have to fully get yourself there, where you are. And when that can happen, so your words are already carrying presence. And then when you're saying you, it's a self addressing yourself. You can't address God if you're not there. And I would say even deeper, I'll, I'll hold on now. Let's read to the end of the paragraph, okay? And then, this Pasuk, I think, is also Mishlei. Like the water reflects, mirrors the face back to itself. Right? Your presence. Yes. But what you're giving is presence. Your presence is being, God is responding with presence to Like a mirror. Like a mirror. Like the water reflects you back. Like the water reflects you back. So you, that's what causes God to really be there with you. For you to really be there. It requires us to show up first. It requires us to show up first, right? Part of what's so hard about... Uh, during this whole Jewish thing, is like, you know, I wish it was just easier sometimes. Like, why can't I just, like, why doesn't it all just feel so good? Why isn't it all just amazing? You know, isn't it about the most amazing thing in the world? Isn't it about truth? Isn't it about God? Isn't it about holiness? Isn't it about... Yeah. And Aleph is, is, is showing up. It requires us to show up. It requires us to, to initiate.
okay, there's 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 eight ratzon. There's times when we're we're just giving gifts. But what the Rebbe's teaching is you want God to be there, you be there first. And when you be there first, your words are gonna start to take on an essence. They're gonna start to have self in them. And when you fill your words with self and you call to God, God is gonna be there to talk back. And I just let's read this part, this sentence and then we'll even if you're just calling out from pain, even if it's just from your heart is exploding at God from from tzara rachman from pain, even from that, right? You don't have to like sit there and meditate for two hours. And then, it's not it's not just this sort of like rosy spiritual picture. Even if you're just calling out, you just cry out from inside. Remember what he said in the other piece. And there's a sentence that you that just you know what you're saying in that moment, right? Even when you're just calling out from pain, because your nefesh is pouring itself out in that moment. This is the important. Your soul is in the words of your prayer. Right? The whole thing here is: Are you in the words, or are the words just just words? Are you in the words? When you're in the words, even if it's from calling out for, for help. It already, that itself, can bring about that direct that direct response. Now, I want to ask you something. What do you think he means when he says God is teaching you Torah, Azakah? What do you think he means that God is talking back to you? He's giving you Torah? What do you think he means? Revelation in that moment of our presentness, a response, a continuation of that, a dialogue. So I want to ask you, what what is the dialogue? Is are you, you, is God saying words to you? Sometimes you're going to see like a, a, a mountain on fire. You could see sometimes. Something? You could see. There's sun. <laughs> There's sun. There are these suns. My experience. It's yeah. Direct experience. I mean, imagination. I have felt it many times. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, you said it's so beautiful. I felt it. God is talking to me, right? And it, I, I think there's, there's but, even but, but a. But now I don't say it. What? Now I don't say it. Now right. And but 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 part so of what I'm moment. saying, what is the hitgalut? The hitgalut is maybe maybe it's like got a form of words and visions, maybe, but but maybe even just the feeling. The intense experience of joining with God in that moment—that's God talking to you. That is Hashem el Berelecha b'lashon nochach ata. And now it's working. It's there. Yes, this is this is what we saw the Rebbe talk about last week. That when that our avoda, our davening, is absorbing, is absorbing the impact of God to the best that we can, absorbing the 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 meeting. And that, that's that's an experience that doesn't really have words to it. But then when I go and I want to bring that to thought, when I want to bring that to Torah, when I want to give that words, so it's just that that absorbed experience being fleshed out further. He even talks about it in, in that other piece of the Archimedes, it descends to the level of thought eventually. Maybe, maybe not even. But the Hidgalut the, Elokit here is everything we talked about before is, you know, 
pay attention. Just just makshiv. Give 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 honor to what's happening inside of you when when it's real clear. Give honor and 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 dvekut to that moment and, and hold it and cherish it and believe in it and trust it. Okay. Is is it gonna am I gonna write books? I did, no. It's not about words here. We're not about words. So does Shemiyuf. There's there's the, the essential Torah that you're being taught here is you have a chelek. You are here with me. I am here with you. The last wrap up uh, in a moment. Good night, Yiska. Thanks for coming. Um, every single time we pray, it's, it's like so striking. The last thing we pray after we said all of our prayers, right? The taint of the You ever notice that? You said the whole davening. You asked for everything. You thanked God for everything. Sing shalom, all the nice stuff. Then build a bit mikdash. Bring your ula, all the awesome stuff. The taint of on some level, it's like I said all the stuff that needs to be said. Now I want to have a chelik in the Torah. For I want this all to be real. Right? I want there to be a place in my world where I meet you. That's what that last prayer is about. That's why you build the Beit Hamikdash. Give me a chelik in your Torah, and then navat chabira, and then I can have real awareness of you. That's what I'm asking for at the end of my tefillah. For your Torah to become real to me. Let's read the last few lines in the This is what the Pasuk means when you go out to war upon your enemy. Even if it's just a war. That Pasuk, it's a Mechemet Rashut. It's a there's no obligation to fight there. We're not talking about uh, conquering the land of Israel in the times of Israel. As kevan shetzar lecha ata mitpalel ata mikilud libcha, because you might be in distress and pain when you're in battle, and you might just call out, "God save me." Then the next part of the pasuk, "Unitano Hashem lotecha biyadecha," right? The pasuk meant God will give your enemy into your hand. But the Rebbe is going to say something else, what it means. Zoti tenlecha Hashem, shiyelo What is God going to give you when you call out, truly when you call out, even if it's just from that place of, of deep pain? Unetano Hashem elokecha biyadecha. Hashem elokecha will be given to your hands. God is going to give you God's own self. You hear that? God's going to become your your God. Not just there is a God, but God's here with me. That's what's going to be given to you in response. That the divine will be yours individually, alone, privately. The end of the Pasuk, Veshavita Shivyo. Veshavita Shivyo. The Rebbe is going to say isn't about taking captives, but it's about tshuva. Shavita shivio. Ki Yisrael mevakshim ha-shivenu ha-shamelecha. There's a pasuk that we ask of God, God, please return us to you. Shivenu ha-shamelecha, you do it. You do it, God. 
Shashim Yashivo Tanu Elav. God will bring us back from God's hands. Right? God's going to do it. But God says to us, Shuva Elav, you come to me. So it's like we're at a standstill. Like there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin that, that, that talks about this. Like we're here saying, God bring us back, God bring us back, God bring us back. And God, God, God's saying to us, come back, come back, come back. Like who's going to make the first move? Who's going to make the first move? Spiritual standstill, right? I want God to do it. Wouldn't it be better? Don't we? Don't you want God to do it? I want God to do it. But in this kind of personal revelation, this individual uncovering, what you can accomplish is the Shavita Shibyo. Just to say those words. To restore, return what's really God, what God is, needs to be returning, which is to bring us back to God. Okay. We say, God, bring us to you. God says, come to me. Come to me. But we're saying, no, it's your job. It's your job. Then I can truly bring God into into my life, into the picture here with me. All these things that we've been talking about: create, give, give space to revelation, give presence to God. So I'm doing God's part. I'm doing what God is, what God needs to do for me. I'm making it happen. I'm doing what I want God to do for me. Yes. I'm making God bring me back. I'm making God bring me close. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? It's not just me saying God bring me back, because that's me, that's that's the normal way. I'm doing the religious thing. Where are you? Okay, I'll just keep doing the religious thing till you till you do something. And God's saying, Hey, where are you? I'm like, wait, I'm waiting for you. So nobody's talking yet. Right? There's an atah, but the atah's not here. The atah's like throwing rocks at each other. But when when I give a ta to God, God has given a ta back to me already. God is bringing me back. God is I'm 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 forcing God to bring me back in shape. So we don't need to fully understand because that's what we think. Okay. Um, once you do it over and over and over, you constantly automatically so, so here's 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 maybe just one one thing to take from this, and this is uh, a lot of what we were looking at in the previous Torahs from Brachamelech is that in order to to get any of these, uh, you know, to, to reach any of these sort of spiritual sensibilities that we're we're talking about all the time, like awe of God, fear of God, honor of God, it doesn't happen by being told to do it. It happens by experiencing a direct connection with redemption. So if I want if I want God to do that tshuva thing for me, well, I've got to get God into my life. And when I can do that, so then, so then v'shavita shivio, then there's something stronger that's that's pulling me back in. Then it's gonna then it can then there's a chance for it to really change something. But as long as I'm just like okay, God, I'm waiting for God to do it, and God's like I'm waiting for you to do it. That's that's it's a standstill that we're gonna be at.
Pegam o Ibarak, aí ataquem o cara no Wimbledon. Você vai mudar praticamente tudo. Está praticamente. Tendo o Xavi para chegar. So, so yeah, we, we need to take the first step. You know, we need, a, we need to initiate. But it's not, it's not something uh, that's beyond us. Right? That's, that's what the Sabir calls it. It's like the simplest, simplest thing. So when I say a bracha, I come to Davin, I megale myself, right? I have to uncover myself. Like to bring bring out myself and what I'm doing, I have to really be there. And as I'm doing it, my words are gonna I'm gonna have something to talk to out of it then. The more that I'm there, the more I'm gonna have something to talk to. And the more I can be in that and we can really get into that space together, so someone's gonna be talking to me first. I'm not gonna be alone. And no one else can tell me it. No one else can tell me it. No one else can teach me the Torah that God has to teach me. Nobody else is the one who's going to make me what I want to become. Who's going to do tshuva for me. Who's going to teach me that that God exists and nobody else can really convince him. It's it's not going to happen that way. It's it's much closer than that. So, take this with you. Take it with you, you know. Keep trying. Nothing, nothing happens in an instant. Nothing happens from just thinking it. Okay. Shukla, thanks for coming. Um, I'm going to make a public service announcement. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.